thanks for tuning in to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Australian Grand Prix. Please rate and review wherever you listen and enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. All right, so we are here for the 2023 Australian Grand Prix review. But before we get into that, Martin is on vacation. So we have replaced our Ferrari guy for another Ferrari guy. I'd <laughs> uh, love to welcome Mark Torres to the show. Thank you welcome, for uh, joining us. Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be great. We had a very interesting race. It um, Very eventful. Yes, a lot going on. Before we do that, of course, we'll fly through qualifying really quickly. So pretty much all that happened in Q1, Checo was having issues all through FP3, and that continued on through qualifying, and he ended up going deep on i can't remember what turn it was but he got turn beached. one turn one turn one i think right that's right it was either yeah. turn one or turn three but right it was in that breaking event that turned right and he didn't turn right that's so right it was either one or three so. so that was the end of his awful day he ended up starting from the back of the grid because of that um, the other guys out were both the Alfa Romeos, uh, Logan Sargent, unfortunately, and Oscar out in his first Australia. I heard that this was the first time he, they, they said it all weekend, so I'm sure you guys heard this too, but the first time that he has raced in Australia since his karting days, so his first time in a car racing in Australia. So I thought that yeah, was pretty interesting. Also that because he was from Brighton, which is 15 minutes from the yeah. circuit. Yeah. So, but his local go-kart track was half an hour from his house. So this is the closest he's ever <laughs> driven in a race to his house. So, um, and but I he played heard, cricket on the infield of the racetrack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said he used to go down. I to didn't Alabama. hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but his one uh, F1 you know, uh, Australian Grand Prix experience up until now was because even in Formula Three, Formula Two, he only did one season in each and it was interrupted by COVID. So his F3 year, they went to Sydney, but didn't race. Yeah. Because uh, that was, it was that weekend, the world shut down. That's yeah. right. And then, so he did his F3 season. I think they did an entire F3 season. Yeah, in, in like, like eleven nine, weeks. Or I think it was eleven weeks. They did nine yeah. races in seventy-seven days. Yeah, uh, that year <laughs> for F three, and then he did F two, and and Australia was off the calendar. And so his only F one experience was he was a grid kid for Daniel Kvyat. Yes, uh, in right. like the two thousand eight uh, race fifteen. And yeah, but and he was stood at Daniel Kvyat's pit box, and I think Kvyat stacked it or something on the parade lap, and never made it yeah. to the grid. That's <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so his so, luck. Well, I guess his luck changed a little bit this weekend. Well, he made it to the grid. I, yeah, know, yeah. I, I've no idea where <laughs> he actually finished because you know just how things went. But um, yeah, it yeah. was uh, poor you know, local kid. Kvyat. So yeah. <laughs> Max Verstappen stole Danny Kvyat's life. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. He got well, a second bite of the cherry, it, though. I was going to say, he's got a kid, so. Yeah, that's He's not going to be able to shake, shake the Kvyat family off yeah. too, too easily. That was Q1, Q2. There was not really much action. Both the Avataris were out. It was kind of surprising they were in Q2, both of them in Q2 anyway, but they were out in the second session. Kevin Magnuson, who has been really behind Hulkenberg all this season so far, he is also out in Q2. Lando, unfortunately, and Ocon were both out in Q2. They were, you know, Lan obviously McLaren has not been fantastic so far this season, but a surprise to see Ocon dropping to Q2. Yeah, and McLaren then have been a, McLaren have been difficult to read in yeah. race pace because they've, you know, because they've not really had too many racing laps. All we've really got to judge them on is qualifying. And their qualifying has been so bad. Yeah. 
But in the race, what racing laps we have seen, they've actually been pretty punchy. But again, you know, they just can't put it together in quality. Well, I mean, you, you hope something like this weekend, which was obviously not necessarily based on their race pace or anything, but, you know, sometimes it just takes a little spark to build some momentum. So who knows? Because, you know, they don't even know what their car is. Yeah. I mean, they know it's obviously not a, a great car, but they might have something. The, I mean, the midfield is so tight. It's, yeah. Everybody's yeah. scrapping. Yeah, it, it's definitely awesome in the midfield this year so far. Um, and I hope you're right that this will be the spark for my McLaren guys to <laughs> improve. But someone that did not need any improving coming in, Max Verstappen, another pole position. Um, is this his second one of the season? Did he get pole in the first race? I think uh, Sergio got it. His car broke Sergio. Um, uh, in Jetta. Yeah, that's right. That's in, right. Uh, in in. Uh, Jeddah in Bahrain, I think Max did get Paul, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, and then the big surprise, the Mercs right behind them and really not that far off on time. I think they were both within three-tenths of a second um, behind Max, which, I mean, typically would be a pretty big gap. But from what we've seen, that's pretty impressive from the Mercedes coming into qualifying. I don't think they were expecting that. I certainly was not. Um, so. No. Good on them. George with a great lap getting that front row spot. And that that was really it for qualifying. So let's get into the race day. Um, Checo, obviously, was starting from the back, so he took some new parts. And Bottas said they literally replaced everything in the car, um, his words. So they both started from the pit lane because of that. Um, and then we had a great start from George. He had an unbelievable jump from the line. He, he got did. he got a great lead yeah. right away. I was thinking he he was almost out of DRS right after the jump. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think Max clearly wanted to play the conservative approach going yeah. through the first couple corners there. So you know, he knew he was going to get him back. But I mean, George was a rocket. They were neck and neck, like maybe ten car lengths off the grid spot. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. And then the racing between Lewis and Max through those first few turns on the first lap were awesome, reminiscent of two years ago. Um, yeah, it was some great scrapping on the first. It was a great start all through the field. Just things yeah. happening, people getting up on places, and just some real battles. It was it was great to watch. Yeah, I mean, really, the only guy that did not have a first lap that he will want to remember is Charles. Unfortunately. Got into a little scrap with uh, with Stroll, who seems to be a pro at getting into first lap incidents of bumping the back tires of cars. And he's always Charles, he's always coming up the inside and from right. a little bit too far back. Yeah, which I mean, if we know it, Charles needs to know it. Yeah. Like clearly, I'm a Ferrari fan, but uh, I'm not going to say completely Charles's fault, but. You need to know who you're next to. You're on the outside of a corner with sand on the outside or gravel. You can't be there. You can't yeah. be there to be collected like that. So it's super disappointing. But I, yeah. I think he walks away knowing that he needs to be better than that. Yeah, I mean, you look, last year it was Sainz on the first lap and and Charles obviously right. romped, romped home. And and this time Charles was the one on the first lap that we'll be kind of looking and going, well, yeah, maybe I could have given him an extra few feet it, it was such a tough spot because the way like i mean he was clearly so wide open on the outside so i could probably understand how it's like what am i going to do go even slower but uh just heartbreaking <laughs> so frustrating yeah that was brutal and it was foreshadowing for you know going forward in the race with a safety car on lap one there wasn't much shaking up at this safety car moment, um, a few laps later, they were able to get Charles's car out of the gravel, and we were back racing. Um, well, George in the lead. Was, this was the safety car where um, the lights went out on the safety car, and Lewis then held everyone back. Mm -mm, not yet. Well, that wasn't. I'm, I'm no, that was the second there one. Was so, how many safety cars were there in this race? <laughs> no idea. Three or four. Three or four. Three okay. Or four. So, okay, so I'll I'll bite my tongue for another three laps. Well, it's the next thing that happened. So okay. three <laughs> laps later, Albon crashes on his own, essentially. Um, a really dangerous moment with Nico Hulkenberg going around him. I mean, when the way he spun out, I didn't realize he was on the track either with that 
with all the dust from the gravel going on. And Nico was really close to crashing right into him, but he was able to swerve right out of the way. Yeah. I mean, Albon just lost it and just kind Hard. of got spun around. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. It's rare you see, it's rare you see a driver error like that. Just losing yeah, it. Right. I guess the tires, they've had trouble with getting their tires up to temperature because it's a little later in the season, a little later in the year rather than they used to go into Melbourne. Melbourne was always right. at the start. It was usually a week or two earlier. And I don't know, it's, it's just on that cusp of getting pretty chilly. I mean, it was in like the, it's like 50 degrees on, on Saturday, I think. They've been just, just been yeah, struggling getting, uh, getting uh, temperature in the tires. And it's a one-stop race, so they kind of want to put the harder tires on. And they've got they've just have trouble just getting the heat in. And I think that with all the stop and the start of safety cars and things like that, guys have got no heat in their tires and they're losing, you know, losing grip at the back end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the Red Bulls obviously struggled mightily. I mean, Sergio looked like an amateur uh, uh, during most of the weekend and just carried over. But there was a lot of mistakes. I mean, after most of the restarts, guys were locking up or going off. It was just a pretty big messy weekend because of those cold temps and just nobody being able to fire up the tires. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, like I said, this caused a safety car originally. So at the very instant that the safety car was called, George and Carlos were right at the moment where they were able to pit. Um, so they decided to do so. Um, Lewis and Max and pretty much everyone else stayed out. Um, you heard Lewis say on the radio, um, have we made the wrong decision? Um, I'm on the back foot or something along those lines. And then almost immediately after that, they call a red flag. Yeah. I mean, George which, was just heartbreak, uh, heartbreaking. You I'm sorry. For that's he that's on them. Break. No, I mean, that, was, the, no, no, no. It was the right made the call. The time. It, no, it was the right no, call. No, no way. No way. No way. I, I can't agree with that. No. I screamed immediately. My wife even was when there. They, I'm when like, they pit. This is going to be a red flag. What are they doing? I'm like Ferrari and Mercedes, huge blunder. Uh, I think it was free practice one or two. Somebody, I think Magnuson kicked up a little bit of gravel onto the track and they red flagged the session. So uh, to me, when I saw that, you saw all that gravel all over the track, even without gravel? the car being in the way. But it's this gravel? is 2023. They red flag for everything now for, for – um, <laughs> You know the safety of the guys that are going there. I mean, clean yeah, up. I mean, if they bring on like one of the they think the crane things, yeah, you, which you, they did, you probably should red flag. They didn't really need to, but it's like it's guys with brooms. Like you're getting behind the safety car, I don't, and then they won't two minutes. They won't to, even to do virtual safety track. car if they're going to put people on the track. So I, I, I knew it. I mean, uh, easy to say it now, but I was like, the no pit. way, don't pit. <laughs> 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 yeah, new strate strategic energy. Yeah, I I, th I thought it was the wrong decision to pit. I very much believe that a red flag was coming out. And I mean, same thing with Ocon. Ocon pitting after the first safety car after what, two laps or whatever it was. Yeah, I, I mean, thought it was crazy. I, I mean, I totally get it though, because it's, it's a one-stop race. This happens so early in the race. What, you're going to put the hard tire and go to the end? Well, well obviously, exactly. Albon did it really well last year, but... I think the tire choices that Pirelli made had to do with this. I think that they made the wrong tire choices. If they are able to have a no, hard soft. tire, have a hard tire last the whole entire race, yeah. um, what are what are we doing here? Because there's there's no strategy to to go with the tire choices if everyone should just be going because they went all the way. C two three four. Right. Yeah. That's right. Because it was the seat. They must have got tied up with the weather. You know, they probably didn't Maybe. expect the temps to be too so cold. But that was the other reason. I'm like, who wants to go on hards right now? It's going to take five laps to get those things up to temp. Yeah. So I, I did not like the call for, for anybody pitting there. And yeah. clearly it just didn't work out. Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F number one dot com, where you can put your theories to the test. So... 
the red car or the red flag uh, was coming back in um, and Lewis was backing up the pack, which he is allowed to do. There was a little bit of back and forth with uh, the guys in the in the booth. Uh, Max on the radio talking about the 10 car length, which apparently is not a thing in this instance, but the cars coming around that blind corner were flying around and there were so many oh, yeah. potential I mean, it accidents. Was, it, it was, was bad. I mean, I mean, I, I think back to, I guess it was 2020. Were we at Magello? Hmm. When there was, no, the, we where, where, where were we? Where there was that incident where, I think it was Checo at the front was holding everyone up and or Bottas at the front and people thought they were going and then they weren't going. And then there was like this massive crash because people were like people at the back of the grid who couldn't see the lights thought that they were racing Hmm. and then they weren't and they smashed into the back of everyone else. It's it's super dangerous to be slowing the pack down like that at, at different points in the circuit. And you had guys going off, I think Magnuson or someone. Yeah, Magnuson flew like, through there. That was the crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, holy shit. Well, I don't know. Did they, they never really explained how that started? Like, do, do we know any? Well, it's because Lewis. everyone's concertinaed back because Lewis, Lewis was holding the True, pack yeah. up. Because yeah. I think it was after, you know, once the lights go off on, on the safety car, then the You're car free. at the front yeah. who's leading is the safety car. And yeah. But so I, I guess Max thought the it difference was the in this case was because they were going back to the grid. Yeah, right. It was a red so flag. Max was like, it, "It isn't a, it isn't a safety car restart. It's a standing restart. So why why is Lewis holding everyone back? But the lights had gone off on the safety car. Yeah, and everyone thought that they were going to maintain the same, just like a regular formation lap. But Lewis had kind of stopped. He gone started going really slowly. So. It just took everyone by surprise. Yeah, it, I mean, they said no further action, but guys, that that was pretty freaking dangerous. Yeah. you know that, that's okay. So maybe it's not a penalty in the race because he didn't break the rules, but they should be going round to his garage and saying that yeah. was seriously not cool. And I th- I think a lot of that just happens to do with the track layout and where the safety car put the lights out because that one moment it was just a blind corner where they couldn't see who was stopping ahead of them so they're coming around this corner and then there's guys stop so you just gotta you know go around so i think it was just bad placement during the during the formation lap um but we started the race up again this is the third start from the grid i guess yeah the third start from the grid Lewis had a, or George had a really good start. Um, he made up two spots. He was all the way back in P7 now after after all of that going down. He was already up to P5. Stroll dropped a few places back. Um, Lewis was able to stay ahead, which was good. Ultimately, the Red Bulls were so fast. And with the DRS finally open, Max was able to get by pretty easily. And I guess there's only two DRS detection zones with the four uh, zones that they have so he had another drs zone after that so he had a two second lead by the end of the lap where he passed lewis um yeah i don't so i don't like this single detection zone for multiple drs zones i agree they go forward and they you know you get by and then you're given an opportunity to extend your you know get out of range yeah. you want it to be you want it to be close absolutely um, yeah, I don't really like that either. It didn't seem to work here, but I guess last year they took one of those DRS zones away and there wasn't nearly as many as much passing. So Yeah, I think they're trying to figure it out at this track. Yeah. It's just like there's either no passing or this kind of passing. It's yeah. just kind of a tough a tough spot for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um and Carlos is doing great at this point. I mean, they made the mistake with the pitting, but he's up into P six now too. Um made a amazing pass on stroll at turn three um that was really impressive um from him i think that was the one where he made that little dummy where he went to the left and then stroll went to cover him off and he came over to the right that was awesome um was that stroll or ghastly because he had two nice passes i think it was ghastly that he made the juke move made the juke move that was a little bit later on because i remember thinking like oh that's something ghastly would do right (laughs) but yeah he drove like an animal which was 
awesome to see, obviously, yeah. as a Ferrari fan. I mean, he really was charging. Checo, same thing, but yeah. Carlos was pretty impressive today. It yeah. just made me wonder, like, what would Charles be doing right now? Ugh. <laughs> I know, but Carlos seems to have a fire in his belly this year that um, was lacking last year. I mean, it's so early, but... Contract year. Yeah. Got to make it work. Absolutely. And then just three laps later, lap 18, and George's race goes from worse to disaster. His engine explodes like it, like an engine would explode back in 2012 and had smoke and fire pouring out the back. And he was able to get it off the track or at least to the, to the pit exit um, so that it was a virtual safety car instead of a full safety car, which was good. Um, but brutal day for George, whether, you know, they made the right choice or not. It's tough to see a guy lose a dominant leading position to bowing out of the race in 10 laps. That's, that's, uh, that's really tough, really bad on him. Yeah. I mean, Lewis picked him up, but, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, that was probably more heartbreaking than Charles's situation. Yeah. What a race he was having totally unexpected. And for that to happen is, uh, he must've been gutted. I, I can't believe there's not more talk around the fact that Lewis is consistently not performing better than George. It's not like it's being blown out, but George is usually either out qualifying or better in the race. I think Lewis probably had the better race today, to be honest, but um, I'm just shocked that there's not more talk about the fact that George is usually doing better. I, I think if they were fighting for the world championship, this would be you know, like a zoo of a conversation. But Lewis is kind of lucky that Mercedes's car is not as good as it should be. He's kind of flying under the radar, I think, right now with how much George is creeping up on him. Yeah, George has been super impressive um, since he's joined Mercedes. Yeah. Um, so we were just talking about how Checo is doing a great job flying up the field. Um, lap 22, he's making moves. He He's already up into P11 at this point. How many laps in this race? 58, I think. Yeah. Um, got past Ocon really well. And then the next lap, he passes Oscar. And then at the end of that lap, he passes Yuki. So he's made up three spots in a lap and a half. Um up into the points from starting in the back. Really impressive. And then this is where Carlos made on lap 25, made that dummy fake on Pierre. You were, you were spot on and he's up into P four at this point. Um, really, really impressive. And then Oscar made a nice move. I think that was his only nice move of the day. It took him a really long time to get past Yuki, but he was able to do it. Not quite in the points yet, but as it stands at this point, we are at lap 39 Max is in the lead by quite a bit now. Um, Lewis in second. Fernando is, you know, getting close to Lewis. He's within like two seconds, two and three seconds at this point. Carlos is a little bit farther back and Pierre rounding out the top five. I did not see Pierre up there um, he, going into this Pierre weekend. Was running one heck of a race. He sure was. I mean, he, he was, didn't lose Ferrari. He yeah. was on Ferrari the whole time after he got passed, which was super impressive. Yeah, I mean, if, Gasly's one of those guys, right? He he can have a heck of a race. I think last year, because the, the Alpha Tori was really not good. And he kind of lost his mojo, I think, last year. So coming into this year, it's like, yeah, Gasly's gone to Alpine. Yeah, fine it's easy to forget how good of a driver he is because he just had such an anonymous, anonymous year last year. You know, yeah. he's, he's won races. He, he won the, he won that race in Monza. He had that drag to the line for second place in Brazil that was against great. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. You know that he, the guy can drive, the guy yeah. can drive. It's just, you know, I'm glad that he's got out of the Red Bull family because now he can actually stand on his own. And, uh, it's he does not impress for, for some of the Red Bull guys. He doesn't impress you. He does not impress me. Maybe it's just I just 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 eyeball looking at him, but I I feel like he makes a lot of mistakes. I mean, he's got a lot of points on his license, so he is making these mistakes in some places. 
Um, he does have that win. I mean, you can't take that away from him, but I mean, a lot had to go right for him to win that race at, what was it, Monza or Imola? That at Monza, he- yeah. I mean, when, when, when you're in a car that's not one of the top two or three teams, you definitely need some things to go your way. But if the things go your way, you, you've got to grab them with both hands and deliver. And he's done yeah. that. He's opportunistic for sure. Yeah. yeah. He was also like the third choice for that seat at Alpine. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, to your point, I, I, I was reading that. So he's now over the 12 penalty points, which means a race ban for next race. So he might not be racing in, uh, in Baku. I didn't hear that. I didn't know yeah. that either. So what what did he pick it up for? Points. He got some points today? Yeah, I think they gave him maybe two points. Whatever it is, the for, article for, I read says he's now over 12. Later in the race that we can't, we won't talk about until... You know. <laughs> oh, correct. More to come. <laughs> More to come. <laughs> but I, no, I didn't realize the point, because like I say, I, I watched it 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that, that will be an interesting situation. We'll have to keep an eye on. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's crazy. Because if that is the case, Jack Doohan is their third driver. I was kind of, when the whole Oscar Piastri thing was going on last year, I was thinking, I mean, Jack Doohan, he's not the finished article yet, but would they go with him? I mean, and then obviously Gasly moved and and, and whatever, but man, if uh, if Doohan's going to get in a car, that'd be be super interesting. I'd I'd be really interested to see what happens there. Um, another guy that was really, you know, hitting above his weight today, Lando kept Checo behind him for a long time. Lando was driving really, really fast today. He was not able to really catch up, but keeping that Red Bull behind for as long as he did, he was pacing at the same speed as the guys up front. It was um, yeah, really good he on was, him. He was, and he, he, I think at this point he was what in eighth or ninth or so. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> he was lapping the same as like Carlos who was in like fourth fifth yeah and that's what kind of what I was saying it's like we just had nothing really to go on other than their qualifying pace because they've really not showed up in the race seems that their car actually does have reasonable race pace yeah they can't make the fact that they're in the middle of the pack mark to your point is so tight in the middle that you know if you're not quite there then you, you can be a couple of couple of spots further back and they kind of get caught in a in a in a bunch of that tussle in the middle of the field but their car actually looks pretty decent and as disappointed in the car as they are if they've got some material uplift you know and improvements to their car coming in in baku in the next round you know we could see them vault up the field Getting me all excited, Nick. What they, uh, <laughs> and I, I'm Jason. I can I can see you salivering there in the corner. Yes. <laughs> they got to do what they thing. did today. They got to yeah. stay out of trouble. They have to be consistent because yeah. that alone. Look at look at Mercedes last year. Horrendous car, but they were consistent for the first like three quarters of the year, and we're keeping up with Ferrari throughout the year. So yeah, you know, McLaren for sure. If they if they do what they did today and just stay out of trouble, it's you know. Anything can happen in the midfield if you stay in every race. Totally. I mean, they were in an awful place last year and ended up in P4 last year. Yep. So yeah. who knows? What which, we still have which kind of hurts them this year because they yep. have so little win time compared right. to what they probably should. But, right. you know, they'll take it, obviously. I have heard some theory that because they have all these huge sponsors now that they're just tanking. Because they don't need the money. They don't need the prize money. So they're just going to get all the wind tunnel time for next year. The wind year. tunnel time? <laughs> yeah. the, thing is, the thing is, though, with McLaren is, and, and it's the same with, you, you can point to different teams in the last few years. If you're at the back end of the midfield, you have opportunities because stuff happens in front of you, but sufficiently far in front of you that you can get around it. And it yeah. takes out like a few guys in front of you and you can get some unexpected points. Yeah. I don't absolutely. Know, it feels like McLaren are probably in there a little bit at the moment because if you know things happen in front of them and they you know they move up. But eventually Checo was able to get by Lando, got up into P eight, and then 
just a couple laps later, he was able to pass Hulk and he's up into P7. Checo is flying up the field. And then on the very next lap, Max has a little moment. You see him first kind of, you know, trying to, it looks like he's warming up his tires on the, on the, the, the first straight. Then they do the little replay and you see that he went really wide into the grass, had grass all over his tires. I mean, he was still 10 seconds ahead, so it didn't cause too much you know, stress for him. But um, it's a little moment for him. Could have gone badly. Checo had Tricky a, corner. Yeah, Checo had a bad it. moment there too earlier. Yeah, a lot of guys, that little tight little chicane or chicane. Not really chicane, but whatever you want to call it, yeah. leading up to the final chicane is uh, clearly tricky because everybody was getting caught out a little bit there. Yeah. I mean, Max, typical Max, right? Like even when he makes mistakes, like he could have easily spun. You saw the rear starting to slip out as he was yeah. trying to get back onto the track, but like Max just always figures it out. And, and then he gets back on the track and you can see he's like weaving there, getting heat in the tires because he knows. Yeah. And then... Next lap, fastest lap of the race. Yeah. 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 We're getting very we're getting very used to seeing that. Imagine this season without Max. Imagine if Max, well, Red Bull, I should say, but like okay. it, could it you would imagine be a better season. It'd be <laughs> unbelievable. There'd be like four or five teams fighting for the title right now. So Mark, how long have you been watching F1? Just curiously. Uh I started seriously watching the final year that Red Bull won before the hybrid era. Okay. So, and then from that point on pretty obsessive. So you saw what Lewis said in the past week about how this Red Bull car is faster than any car that he ever drove. Do you think that there's any validity to that? And Nick, please answer the question too. No, I mean, we'll see, you know, obviously it's only three races in and this was a pretty crazy weekend with the cold temps. So we'll see, but I mean, do you remember what Mercedes was doing back then? Like it was, they were finishing yeah. what? Like a minute ahead of the field. It was not even close. Yeah. And, it, and it's, I mean, I'm British and I've been a fan <laughs> of Lewis since before he was in F1. And now seeing with Max Verstappen in Red Bull, <laughs> Red Bull just rubbed me up the wrong way. And mm-hmm. Max just rubs me up the wrong way. And, yeah, I think back to when Mercedes were winning everything, and it didn't bother me in the same way that Red Bull winning everything <laughs> rubs, rubs me up the wrong way now. Um, I don't know, because it all comes down to the characters in the like the team leaders. Toto, who's very – he's Austrian, but he's very straight to the point, and he just keeps it – doesn't state too much opinion. And then you have Christian Horner, who over the past few years where they've been clipping at the heels of Mercedes, trying hard, they've just he's just been too noisy, too vocal, too whiny. And it's too just weaselly. now that they're winning. Yeah. It's just like they just appear so smug about Helmet. It. Helmet is who I can't stand the most. Helmet Martin, Helmet's yeah. the worst. I just read Mark Weber's book within the past couple of weeks and he yeah. really does not like helmet Marco at all. Interesting. Um, I, I think I've only ever heard helmet Marco speak twice. He's, he doesn't really do much media, so I don't really know what he's about. Um, yeah. But it's just I, like reading about what happened anyway, because he's Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. What happened with like when Mark Weber was up with two races left in like 2011 or 2012. And then oh, yeah. they oh, said yeah. that he, Seb Mark should Weber have a championship. They said Mark Seb Red should have a chance to win this, so they changed the rules for Seb, and then Seb ended up winning the title when Mark was ahead easily and should have won. Yeah, and yeah. it was—I mean, that I think that was 2012, the first yeah. year in Abu Dhabi with the whole Fernando Alonso be stuck behind Vitali Petrov. That's right. It just yeah. man, talk about an exciting year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't gone back and watched it, but just my memories of that year, just the way that it all came together in that last race. Well, I watched it sometime last year and it still holds up. It's uh, yeah, it's amazing. All right. We're getting very sidetracked now. <laughs> so 
After a few laps, Lando is able to get by Hulk. He had been trying to get by him for a while, but he's back up into P8, which he had lost to Checo. Um, so nice on them. And then Kevin, who had been really struggling on the day, had another really weird accident where he just kind of drifted off and hit the wall and then his tire came off and it was just that very was weird a, from a him. Strange, was it that because the sun comes down there, did he just lose? That's what they said. Because yeah. when it happened and you could see marks on the outside wall where tires had hit, I was expecting to have lost the back end coming through too. And then they showed it. And no, it didn't. He just went just tire bouncing the down the In track. his post-race interview, he said he didn't even feel the contact. Wow. Uh, it was that light. Wow. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, it was a very spectacular-looking event. Right. I mean, just debris everywhere and the tire flying off. The rim was shredded. But yeah, yeah he said he didn't yeah, but, even feel it. Because the rim was still on the tire. Uh, the rim was still on the hub. But the tire yeah, had right, come right. off and it the was tire had whatever. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't that big of an impact, but it was enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it did enough to bring out the third red flag of the race. Pretty much all the drivers on the grid were shocked that they called a red flag on this one. I guess it was because the tire was on yeah, the racing line. Put out a virtual safety car, and everyone slows down, and then you look for when the gap is, because it, all it takes is one guy to run out and grab that thing and yank it off to the side. Yeah. And then you're back racing again. It just feels like since Japan last year, when things got a little out of hand and there was, you know, the weather conditions were awful. Yeah. And I think it was Gasly that went by the, um, that's right. The tractor, the, yeah. the tractor thing without even seeing that it was there. At seventy something miles an hour, yeah. one hundred and seventy something miles an hour, but he was going—he was going far too fast for a start. They've just gone so conservative. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of annoying. It was a lot in in this race, and it um it changed the dynamic of the race hugely. Oh, um, definitely. So by the time we restart, I mean this restart was crazy to start we had the contact with alonzo and carlos at the front where alonzo spun out and went from third to last place of the runners and then there were cars trying to get out of the way of alonzo spinning out and pierre comes back on the track not looking in his mirrors to see who's there and Ocon is involved in another another double pink car crashing into each other. Um, and this is the last time the cars are going to be pink this entire season, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? It's happening for next week or next race? Next race, yeah. yeah. I mean, so next oh, week, I thought it was next season. Blue. No, I mean, the, the, the pink cars are done. I like the car in pink, to to be honest with you. I think it looks good. And especially, if, you know, like I've got a little girl and, she, and it's like, pink cars? And yeah. she wants to watch it. But all the cars just look so similar this year with all the so much black because yeah, they're yeah. all trying to take paint off to see a car that is just so vividly different like i mean mclaren has a lot of black on it but you can see the papaya like ferrari yeah. red and every other car is black yeah i totally agree i mean they obviously yeah. do it for sponsors but it really does like you know yeah, <laughs> every car looks pop. basically the same from a distance yeah yeah but they were both out. <laughs> they both crashed into <laughs> so, each other. So they got some good coverage on the TV. <laughs> well, both the cars were there. Like, there will be some pink paint on the wall forever now. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe the rejoins that F1 drivers make. It, it's like yeah. he literally rejoined just past the apex and then drove across the track going way slower than race pace. Like unexcusable Sergio same totally. thing and that Sergio yeah. uh I think it was maybe a turn later or same turn he came onto the track so fast I don't know who somebody almost crushed him like it's pretty ridiculous how they come back on the because they come on the guys. track trying to preserve their position but there's yeah. like 10 cars behind them at race speed yeah yeah what are you doing yeah it was it was really bad on all of them. And then another amateurish moment, um, Logan Sargent just running into the back of Nick DeVries. 
There is that nobody. was bad. That was really that was bad. bad. That was, a, I mean, he's been pretty good so far this season. This I weekend agree, is definitely yeah. uh, a bit of an exception for him. But yeah, that was a pretty embarrassing moment. I mean, he just yeah. rear-ended the guy. Yeah. yeah, it was just he <laughs> broke broke too late and crashed into him. That ruined both of their races, and they were both out. So at this point now, that was lap fifty six out of fifty eight. They red they flagged the race back again. to the pit. Now, now the podcast begins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so at first they were saying that they're going to stick with this order or let's, that's what the commentators were thinking that they were going to say. Um, and then they say that they're going back to the grid spots, but yeah, because they didn't get past right. One sector yet, which is all of the thing. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah, happened with, at Silverstone. With Alonso getting spin out. You go back, like, say, Silverstone last year. Yeah. And there's a crash before they clear the first sector. And then it's like they don't have an official record of the order yeah. because no one's gone through a sector. Yeah, absolutely. Now, where it got bad from the stewards was that before they went, well, quote unquote, racing, um, they gave Carlos a five-second penalty, um, mm-hmm. which essentially took him from a high point-scoring position to last of the finishers. I kind of, I don't know if you heard, you probably did him talking with, I guess, to the race directors through the engineers on the radio, but saying, you know, just come talk to me, give me the penalty afterwards. I kind of agreed with him. I thought that they handled it very poorly. I think they did it the wrong way and it ruined you know any chance of ferrari getting any points at this race at all i'm not saying this as a ferrari fan like we we don't see penalties given out in situations on restarts like that and at first when i watched the incident i was initially like wow carlos really did just plow into him but when they started showing the replays it was it was just poor angling you know carlos's uh, what early apex coming in on the inside uh, Fernando's all the way on that outside just angled differently so it was just kind of a bit of a mix-up in terms of where the cars are positioned definitely Carlos's fault but the penalty my goodness I it mean, was just give him a you know a, a grid penalty next race or, or something like totally a five agree. second penalty with a pace lap to finish yeah I mean the thing, the thing is it's it's just like a race start it's a racing incident. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it was unfortunate that he and Fernando got together. But at the end of the day, you've got t- not 20 cars at that point because we've got like, what, three, like a few had <laughs> fallen by the wayside. But you've got like 15 cars all trying to get through the same. And it's like, it's not like they have the rest of the race to right. sort it out. Like, yeah. you know, when you start a Grand Prix, you have it's a 58 lap race this one right you have another 58 laps to sort out any places that you give up on that start yeah. they're in a position where there's probably got four laps i guess at this point three laps and if you lose a place you're not getting that place back there's not time to get that place back and so yeah. everyone is elbows out going through and getting it done they came together they got spun around. Yeah, it's harsh for Fernando, and I love Fernando. Fernando is one of my favorite drivers of all time. I'm so thrilled that he's in a car that's at the sharp end of the grid right now. He got spun around. Yeah, it kind of sucks. But I don't think that was worthy of a penalty. Mm-mm. Yeah. Science wasn't trying to do things that he shouldn't be doing in that situation. He's just trying to be as close to the car in front as he can, and they just find themselves in the same piece of track yeah the the only part that i was able to hold on to there for okay i'll take the penalty it is like all right he ruined alonzo's race but as we're about to discuss not the case so it's like how do you go through with that penalty right (laughs) because they're restoring back to the the point that it was so there was the collision but it didn't impact the race so why is there a penalty if the outcome of the collision had no impact on the race, why is there a penalty for causing it? Yeah. Yeah. 
at least. It, I mean, I know he was going to fight and appeal and all that. I mean, obviously we're hours past and I haven't heard anything, but I'm guessing that, that they just denied it uh, or <laughs> I don't think they're yeah. going to come and change anything at this point, but I don't know with uh, the FIA these days, you never know. I mean, <laughs> Good point. Back and forth. With dish out some twice penalties in February. Part. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that was that was the end of the race. They, you know, had the one safety car lap, and then without any passing available, they crossed the checkered flag, and that was it. And we have now the most decorated podium in F1 history, which is pretty cool, with three world champions up there. Um, what was the total? They have the combined three hundred and seventy-three race wins. That's unbelievable. Um, and the three that are in second place that they passed are the fa- same three drivers from Qatar 2021. So they had 336 race wins back then. But yeah, 11 world titles between the three of them. Pretty impressive. Pretty, yeah. So what was the final order? I, I don't even know what the final order is. So, like I said, I literally watched so the, final the order, race and then came here before watching the end. Yeah. Max, obviously, first. Max Lewis Alonso. Lance got P4. Um, okay. Which is great for him. Checo P5 from starting in P20 is great. Um, Lando in P6. Um, Hulkenberg in P7, who Gunther was fuming. Gunther was race. fuming. Yeah, but he was in P4 after all of that mess on oh, that last. Yeah, after yeah, all the no mess. Idea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no so wonder Gunther was not a happy Gunther chappy. was storming up and down the, the paddock trying to, I don't know, file a petition or an appeal or whatever. Um, but he still got P7, so really, really good for them. Oscar, yeah. P8. No, but I think, I think that Hulkenberg had a really good race. Oh, he, he, he was great. He had some good battles. That battle with Lando, though. When Lando was getting through and Hulk was trying to keep it on the outside, but you, you got squirrely on the marbles and ended up on the on yeah. the gravel. But that was great racing from Lando. Yeah. You know, yeah. Third time of asking in that same corner, just teeing him up and teeing him up. And then Hulk just kind of ran a little bit wide and couldn't get on the traction. And that was just enough for, for Lando to come up on, on the inside of him on the exit. And then, um, yeah, some good on Hulk. There were some good keeping some it good on the racing track. moments in 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 this, particularly towards the end. It was really getting spicy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then Oscar getting his first points at his home Grand Prix was great with P eight. Um, and then Joe and Yuki rounding out the the top ten. Um, a lot of guys that I certainly did not pick to be in my top 10 at the end of this race. I, I, I have no idea how Coops F1 got on. Mark, are you in Coops F1? I okay. am. Okay, nice. you, have a, you have a team. What's your team in, in, called in, in Coops F1? Prancing to first. Prancing okay. to first. Right, we'll keep an eye out for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep a lookout. I'm holding in the mid-70s right now. Oh, oh nice. nice. I don't even know where I am. Uh, I am probably not doing too well. 69th at the moment so we're ah we're yeah i think i'm like 72nd or something all right like that, cool yeah. i don't think anybody did very very well this week i mean i mean no. i'm pretty to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> the um the high score for the whole race was 198 points which is wow that's super low last week i think the highest one was like th- over 300 um yeah yeah normally so, you get a 300 right um, so we will touch on that a little bit, but let's get into the winners and the losers. This was really, I found when trying to pick who I was going to do here, I had a really hard time. I just ended up putting them all up there, but really the first 10 were all winners. And then the last 10 were pretty much all losers. There was really no in between in this race. Um, but obviously the Red Bull drivers were winners on the day. Max was, once he was able to, get in front and he was dominant in front. It was not close. And Checo had an unbelievable drive from the back, not his best drive from the back, but still a very, very good one. Um, Lewis, you know, had a, a day that we were not he expecting him day. to have. Yeah. Really good. They, they were know. really competing at the front there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that Mercedes, 
yeah, they've had a struggle and they've decided the car's terrible and they're going a completely different direction. But since they've made that decision, they're, they're way up there. Yeah, and they haven't changed anything on the car, supposedly. So no. I think that's just lulling everyone into a false sense of security. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, like you were saying before about just Red Bull and Mercedes, they're just so well run. You yeah. know, even in the middle of disaster like this, Mercedes obviously not getting a good car. Like they just do things right. Whereas, you know, even a team like Ferrari is just, you wonder, how are you in Formula One making mistakes like this? But yeah. Mercedes Red Bull typically are on point with just the things that they can control. Obviously, you know, they made the wrong car or whatever, but they're doing everything else right to be in position to take advantage of whatever they can. So, and yeah, Lewis, really good day today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Aston Martin getting P3 and P4. They're still showing that, you know, if they're not the second best car on the grid, at least right now, they are the third best car on the grid. They've got a good car. They've got yeah, such a good it, car. You look at it in, obviously, Bahrain, quite idiosyncratic. Jeddah, very fast, like tight. Here in, in Albert Park. After, after Bahrain, it was a case of, well, you know, Bahrain's very, uh, you know, very unique in its characteristics and all of that. You need to see how cars are going over the next couple of races to get a bit more of a, a view of what track characteristics the, the cars like and all that. And it's been at the sharp end in every single one. So I think it just seems that they've got, you know, they don't favor a particular type of track. They're not the fastest, but they're going to be the car that is in position in any circuit, in any condition, ready to bounce ready to pounce on um on red bull because red bull red bull just have the car i mean it is yeah. what it is yeah and it might be close between mercedes aston martin maybe ferrari depending on the circuit but i think that you're going to get ferrari circuits you're going to get mercedes circuits and aston martin are just going to be there ready to ready to just jump on anything that happens and yeah i'm a little confused at mercedes because I understand why Ferrari probably was going to be fast today. I mean, we saw Carlos obviously storm through the field. I think Leclerc would have been even better. And I understand why Ferrari would have been fast this week. I mean, their issue is they're just overcooking the tires typically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, cooler temps brings those tires right into the window. It does. Yeah. But I don't understand how Mercedes was so, uh, I don't want to say dominant, but just performed the way they performed today because, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't maybe you guys know, but I don't think their issue is that they're overcooking tires. I don't understand how they were able to get them into the window to be that good today. I mean, they were, their just, problem is aero efficiency. This was like, a good track for and, them, you know, because and and you can definitely tell in the second sector because in qualifying the second sector, like Alex Albon was crushing it. Yeah, yeah. they've got a very slippery car. They don't really generate enough downforce. But their car is pretty slippery, so I, the you know last year the Mercedes car was very draggy. They had to put on, they had to dial up the downforce to get anything because it was just not aero efficient at all. So this was kind of weird that it worked so well. Yeah, and because they weren't fast. They were, they were almost, it was like they were faster in corners that no one else was fast in, <laughs> but slow in all the corners where everyone else was fast. Yeah. It's super I mean, confusing. I don't get Toto it. just said that they, he thought it was, this was a track suited for the way that their car is right now, you know, and he does not see it moving forward to other tracks necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of what happened today is, is that, you know, Red Bull, obviously they're not that slow and, Everything that happened today, I think, was very much specific to the weather and the track. And yep. most tra most situations are not going to be like this. Aston, I do think, is clearly the number two car. And Mercedes, yep. Ferrari are probably in that next pecking order. But Aston, I think, is, I mean, they literally drive the car like they're sleeping. You don't yep. see them twitching. You don't see the tires sliding. They are just locked on. Yeah. Yeah, I, th yeah, I think so, like, too. 
if you if you stuck a Red Bull powertrain engine in the back, where would they be? <laughs> yeah, because that yeah. the Red Bull engine is quick, <laughs> yeah. but not in Alphatari. <laughs> well, to that point, you know, that. I I I I think Yuki is just not a good driver. I don't say I'm, I'm not, I'm, not a good I'm driver, not a but fan of Yuki, he's not fast. You know, there's nothing that tells me that he went from where he was last year, which was clearly behind Gasly, to suddenly this year being good and it's the car's fault. I'm sorry, I think he's just not that fast, and that looks really bad for Nick DeVries because it does. Nick DeVries came Nick in doing? and he had a good race in Monza, but. That was because he was replacing Nicholas Latifi. Yeah. And he's a, a better driver than Latifi. Yeah. Well, a better driver than Latifi was last year. Right. And to Vries, you kind of look at it and go, well, good for you for <laughs> capitalizing on what you did in Monza, but I've not seen anything from De Vries yet that makes no. me think he's the guy that, I, I don't think that Red Bull, uh, that uh, AlphaTauri have got a good deal out of this yet. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I like Nick DeVries in Formula E. I like what he did before. You hear him talk and he's, he's hungry and he's worked for it. So you don't deny him the opportunity, but he's not making the most yeah. of his opportunity in that team. He's got to beat Yuki. Yeah. And Yuki... I don't know. He, he's fun. <laughs> I'm a Yuki fan. But you can, I don't know if I like his driving. At, I'm fun. Yeah, can I'm you sign Yuki. me up for Formula One? But you look at AlphaTauri, you, you look at the whole Red Bull school, the academy. They got so, they're financing so many drivers. Why is it that None of them are coming up. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's weird because it, it's never really worked. The, the, the Red Bull schools never really worked. I mean, you've you got Gasly, mm-hmm. they put it in the Red Bull and they screw them over. Worked for Seb because, and Max. Because, well, Max wasn't really a product of the Red Bull school. Was he not? He got signed to AlphaTauri off the back of uh, Formula Renault 3.5, where he lost out to Esteban Ocon for the for the championship. Granted, he didn't race all the races, and so averaging it out, they were pretty even. But he kind of made it on the name. I mean, Jos paid for it all, yeah. and Max is a phenomenally good driver, but he he was not a Red Bull product. He just got signed off the back of that Formula Renault um, season. But all of the Red Bull products, they've they've stumbled upon a really good driver in both Sebastian Vettel, who was, who was BMW product, and Max Verstappen, who was not a Red Bull product. And all of the Red Bull drivers, they kind of stuck in alongside him. Mark Webber, not a Red Bull, not a, a Red Bull driver. Um, Danny was. Daniel Ricardo, not a Red Bull product. No. The Red Bull product to Scott Speed and <laughs> Sebastian Buemi. Scott Speed. And um I mean uh, obviously you have Alex Albon, Pierre yep. Gasly, who who are good drivers, but they put them in a car alongside Max Verstappen and spat them out. Melted. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so what's actually happening with the Red Bull Academy? I don't know. Just doesn't seem, seem to be working because I think it's, the Alpine guys are the ones that are coming through now. Yeah, I think it's interesting you say that because I think that is a large part of Yuki's struggle is the whole dynamic with Red Bull is not working with him mentally. I think that he there's so much pressure at Red Bull that other teams don't have. I think that if he was at another team, he wouldn't be so quite so crazy on the radio and wouldn't be screaming at everybody all the time and might be enjoying himself a little more and maybe he's fun to faster. To, he's a character and we all like characters. <laughs> yeah. It is crazy. Some of the stuff that he'll say on the radio. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you want to keep your job? Or? Right. <laughs> you guys are shit. <laughs> he has absolutely no filter whatsoever. No filter. It's crazy. Which is why people <laughs> like him. But exactly. It's like, yeah, we like him, 
but is he good enough to be in the seat? Yeah. I'll be Probably I'll be not. so interested to see who who are in the Alpha Tari seats. I mean next year or whatever they call the team next year because I think they've agreed that they're going to change the name from Alpha Tari because no one wears Alpha Tari clothes. It's for sale in like <laughs> Italy. Yeah. Except for like the F1 TV the guys and the team. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's like it's like no one can relate to Alpha Tari. It doesn't mean anything to anyone. Yeah. So just pick a better name please. Yeah, but I'll be interested yeah. to see who who the two drivers are next season because I think they need to clear it out and and figure out who they want in those cars. And you've actually got some, you know, you look through um, the guys in F two. They've they've got a few guys in F two. Yeah, like five um, or six. So find some, bring some. Yeah, because I think yeah. Logan Sargent and- has shown that you don't have to win the F two title to be good. Mick Schumacher won the F2 title, didn't really work out for him. Right. So you gotta you gotta look at who is really battling and what kind of driver they, they are, regardless of where they finish. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's good that. that it's not easy to just jump into Formula One though and be quick. Because like you know, that was always the complete Formula One car, I'd be quick. I think you'd be <laughs> quick too. You look like a guy who'd be quick, Mark. <laughs> Very quick aerodynamic. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I got to win there. <laughs> That's funny. And then the last big winner, of course, I have to put them McLaren getting a double oh, yeah. points finish. Um, they were last, moving up, no points moving. after the first two races, and they got what, f- how many points did they get? Six. Uh, yeah. 12, this weekend 12. was you got to be in it to win it. They got 12, 12 points. points. They moved That's up to P5, P10 to P5. That's a great hole. So, yeah. Um, thrilled with that. And then you could mention Nico, of course. We talked about him. Joe getting in the points. Of course, a lot had to happen for that. You know, the Alpines crashing together. Yuki getting points. Good on all of them. Losers. George, not necessarily his fault, but. Um, going from really having a great position to retiring from the race with no points was brutal. Did his car get hit? At, like, was there any contact? I, I don't remember. Right? I don't think I he got. I don't think so. Just a weird thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just blew up. Just like old school, old school F one. Um, Ferrari getting no points. Um, just. Really, really brutal. I feel like right now it's like this must be what Mets fans and Jets fans feel like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what. Or well, you're from Philly, so maybe this you're is what it's like to be a choir. Yeah. <laughs> See what shirt I'm wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> this kind oh, of equates to that right now too. Just yes. so brutal. Uh, I married into being a Cleveland Browns fan. <laughs> it's it's a struggle. Uh, we have we have just totally ill-advised optimism every year. And it, it feels like Alphatari. Feels like being an Alphatari fan. You're, you're like at the back of the grid and you think it's going to be great because you're affiliated with Red Bull or there's something going on, but it just never <laughs> works out. Um Well, the scary thing is, you know, like for Mets, Jets, or any of these organizations where there's just historic losing, you have to look at the top, right? Like, there's no way it's just every manager they hire, every player they driver they hire. Like, you got to look at the top eventually. And, and that's what's concerning with Ferrari for me is just, like, when stuff is going this wrong at this level, like, that's not driver or team boss. Like, that is organizational but they've, know, they've made the change this off season and the thing is that the car if the management this year was running the team last year where would they be in they had attitude in in some of their decision making last year that i think this obviously this the change in leadership and the strength at which the leadership are like really kind of pushing the issue is a factor and an outcome from last year but with last year's car like performance wise ferrari would be doing we'd be in a different spot this year. I don't know. Ferrari need yeah. to sort themselves out. They've, they've like, to your point, Mark, they've had so many years of this and they've had years where yeah. they've been competitive not that long ago. 
Yeah, but they just seem to trip themselves over. But but Red Bull are so much so far down the road. Yeah, they really are. I mean, they could they literally could win every race this year. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll a, I mean, Monaco. Checo likes Monaco. Um, yeah. You, you've got to look at some really idiosyncratic circuits. Like Baku could be interesting because they've got their super tight section and then you've got the flat out straight. So that yeah. could throw up something interesting next time. Uh, then Monaco is, is always different. You could get some change of, you know, Monza and, and Spa. You know, you could get some guys challenging a little bit. I think, like, well, Aston. Spa throws everything, right? It's going to be cold. It's going to be hot. It's going to be raining. So, and they like it know. likes a slippery car. So, I think that that could be one that might favor Aston Martin. Williams could get some points in that one. Yeah. But you look at any circuit out there and you go, like, well, what has that circuit got that Red Bull can't do? Yeah. And it's looking like Red Bull could pretty much walk the season. So we've got yeah. to look for the battles. And that's why I'm so thrilled that the midfield is so tight. And yeah, you know, Max will go off and romp it at the front. But you look at some of the, like from lap 35 onwards up until all the red flags and stuff were kicking in. It's like, you really didn't know what was going to happen. It was like super exciting. Alonso and Hamilton, what was going to happen there? Because they were a second apart and it was exciting. And then, of course, Alpine, we spoke about them enough. They also were losers on the day, taking each other out on the last ra- lap, which but they, were they had winners a great day. Until they were losers. Exactly. They were they winners were... until they were losers. Totally. They, they had such, they had a, I mean, Gasly had a great race. He yeah. was, they had 57 he... amazing laps. Yeah. <laughs> and then didn't. Um, yeah, brutal. And I put the stewards and the race directors as losers on the day because they, it was just bad all the way around. I'm, I'm going to go and watch the, the, the post race and see what all happens. But it, it was just- I will tell you, lots of people were not willing to talk in the media pen today. Um, they just went there for obligation's sake and then left, essentially. Um, a lot of really pissed off people in the, in the media pen. Yeah. I mean, the decision-making in with the FIA, I mean, when has it not been an issue? And I think it's, I'm curious to see now that the American market has grown so, you know, quickly with Formula One. I'm curious to see, because we're, we're used to NFL baseball where everybody knows every rule and it's to a T, an instant replay. Like there's no questions most of the time when anything goes wrong in these other sports. And now all of a sudden Formula One and it's like nobody even knew what was going to happen when that red flag came out. There was four options that Crofty, right. I think, was listing as these are the pit. Like, what? <laughs> four options? How do we not know what's going to happen? You know, like, it, I, I, you know, that part just drives me insane. So I hope that, you know, more fans and, and more pressure on them to just have clear rules. You know, everybody yeah. would be fine being a loser if they knew like, okay, that's the rule. But I think that Formula One have written so many rules that all contradict with each other that no one actually knows which rule over, exactly. you know, usurps another. He has to give up the corner. I had to bounce ahead. What is wrong with these people? Thanks for listening to The Undercut with Jason, Martin, and Nick. Please rate and review wherever you listen, and if we're not back before then, we'll be back for the 2023 Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Thanks again.